Hi, Quig. Hi, Craig. Did you say Quig? Yeah, Quig. <laughs> <laughs> he got a name change. He's now Quig. Hi, I'm Quig. getting a fond of Craig, actually. Well, welcome back to the Silver Hour Film Club, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your normal hosts are back. It's me, JJ, as well as... Harvey. Pause for... Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Go, and say Emma. your name. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with like yeah. a perfectly synced rehearsal so we can just like no. hit this introduction right off the bat I feel like. <laughs> the awkwardness is better yeah. i like it that's true like <laughs> our intro has never been the same no. for our past mm-hmm. six episodes that's but... how you keep that's people coming back it. you know yeah that, <laughs> there's just some people who just listen to the first two minutes <laughs> so they can hear our introduction yeah. and yeah. then when we get you to like the it? actual <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the actual movie, they're just like, ah, I'm not, eh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this one. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but speaking Solid. of our movie, Emma, do you want to introduce what movie we watched this week? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> My pick was The Graduate. In order to keep Elaine away from you, I am prepared to tell her everything. I just don't believe you would do that. Try me. That woman, that older woman that I told you about? Benjamin, will you just tell me what this is all about? Came out in 1967, directed by Mike Nichols, and um, it's starring Dustin Hoffman, and I don't remember the others. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and Anne Bancroft. I, I'm, I just know Dustin Hoffman, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, what'd you guys think? Initial thoughts? Because, JJ, this is your first time watching it. Yes, this what was my you... first time. Oh, I... Psh, I'm, okay, I'll just jump right in, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I did not... So, I actually didn't expect to be watching it last night, because I didn't know when we were going to record this. So, like, I'll just throw this on, and we'll see if I, like, enjoy it. But, yeah, mm. the first, like, I don't know, hour, I I had a smile on my face the whole time. It was so good. So good. <laughs> It was ridiculous. It was re- like I was actually shocked about how good it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. It, it definitely has a lot of French New Wave influence, and like from yeah. what I've seen, I don't really like the French New Wave type of style. But it just worked <laughs> here. It was so smart and so snappy, and Dustin Hoffman's performance really carried so it for good. me. He was mm-hmm. such a like I could just root for him, and he was a very likable character for mm-hmm. me, and that definitely led into my enjoyment of the beginning of the movie. And, like, I enjoy the end, too. The ending is, mm-mm. It is a chef's kiss. Yeah. It is... <laughs> pasta, Delicious. Guacamole. Oh, yes. Beautiful. What? But, um... <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know food. I just... <laughs> That's but okay. the movie was so good. I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Sorry. Sorry that I went in with low expectations. Wow. But <laughs> I actually... That's I really okay. enjoyed it at the end, and I'm happy you recommended it, because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes! Success. success yes i was worried i thought you were gonna say you didn't like it <laughs> that's literally what sad. i said last week about you watching the anime i know it is but <laughs> yeah i guess so uh you know it's good <laughs> well by you Carthy, you've seen it before right yeah i saw it once before for a class <laughs> last year and then uh so this was my second time watching it and the thing is the first time i saw it i didn't really like it just because i didn't know what i was like getting into watching it too and I think I just didn't understand it but then my professor explained some of the things about it and I was like okay that's kind of interesting 
and I was gonna rewatch it, but then I just never did. So it's really good that I rewatched it again now. And like watching it now was just so fun. And I was like laughing at so much of it too. Mm -hmm. And just, it was just, it was a lot. Like I could appreciate how interesting they made like the shots and the storytelling without words, mostly this time too. And it was just, I feel like there's, it just like views meaning even without saying actual words in the actual mm -hmm. movie too. So um, yeah, this time around was definitely like, it's, it's, gonna be in my top because it's so good it was so good this time yeah i love that okay emma exciting. why don't you that give us so your thoughts and why you thought it would be a good recommendation well okay it's kind of one of those movies that i just have always like i feel like i've always seen it before <laughs> i don't know when i first watched it <laughs> I, but I, I, I was that. young and i loved it for, and I've it's been a part of my life basically I think I've watched it like so many times too many times because it's so rewatchable is something I love about it it's just fun it's a funny movie it's hilarious <laughs> and but also really smart too which I love and the way that it's shot is just so beautiful I love like 1960s cinema it's just it just <laughs> looks good it just looks so good it's what i love to look at and so and i just feel like the graduate takes the top like of looking the best out of 1960s cinema and it's just so it's such such a good movie i love dustin hoffman also it's his oh my god he's so good in it he's just so good <laughs> he's such a mouse like character <laughs> that's just, a perfect description acts, yeah that is he acts as if he's a mouse and it's so funny but also just extremely entertaining and it never gets old and <laughs> that's how i feel about the movie i don't think the movie will ever get old to me i love it so much it's just great also i love simon and garfunkel they're <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all time they're mm -hmm. in my top three so oh, wow. that's another reason <laughs> I Will you give us your top three same. bands right now? Or is that that Fleetwood Mac? Top three? No, that's that Fleetwood Mac is also up there. Okay. And then I'd probably say David Bowie. Technically not uh. a band, but <laughs> <laughs> he but, is yeah. a one-man band, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, I know. So yeah, but I love Simon and Garfunkel. So that's a, also an instant bonus because I'm just jamming out the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised how well it worked. Like their songs because when i because i've seen the ending before and then when like mm. hello darkness by old friend and he sounds of silence and kicks yeah. him at the end when i first just watched the ending without context it was so off-putting to me it was like why <laughs> they include this song <laughs> it felt like a meme like oh hello darkness my old friend that's you know? what i knew it from too is it was it the did you know it from like the superman versus batman meme no <laughs> oh. <laughs> i feel like it's in a bunch of things though i feel like any yeah, type yeah. of sad person moment, they just include that song. That's but I guess true. this is where it originated. But even <laughs> then, it worked this time with the context of the film because the way they just keep using yeah. the soundtrack was really effective to me. Even mm -hmm. though it's like kind of like, oh, they're using the same song again. Just the repetition of music just kind of builds into like the character of just the film in general, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. When they I were agree. repeating that song it. too, um, like one of, I, I like was so interested because I just hear the song and I think of the meme, right? But the actual lyrics apply so much to the movie as well. Oh yeah. 
And mm-hmm. so like one of the lines in that in that song particularly is people hearing without listening. And that's literally yes. the whole movie. People mm-hmm. hearing and it's just oh uh, I didn't notice it the first time I watched speaking. it too. And I was like, that's I love it. awesome. And um what was I love the, that. That's what my there's a different song. Hold on. There's a song that happened. Okay, what are the different songs that play? Because there's another one okay. that like Sounds applied. Of silence. <laughs> is it April? Come she will. Maybe. I when think when it does is. it play? Is it like... the one talking? I think about... it's during. It's during the affair. It's oh, April. Like... Come she will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's yeah. April. When they do like... all those cool transitions with him like sitting on a bench yeah, I love him that. In the bed to him. I love it. It was. Sick. The first transition got me. I was like, "What just happened?" We just <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite in that series is when he's like jumping onto the the pool thing, and then he's actually mm-hmm. jumping onto Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. I know. It's it's just like oh, I love the music in it so much. It's so good. Just it's. I mean partially because i love simon and garfunkel but it just fits mm-hmm. the movie so well yeah i can't imagine the sound any of other silence song. yeah the sound of silence is the way that ben is feeling throughout the whole movie <laughs> he's just feeling this complete and utter emptiness and lack of fulfillment and the song perfectly sums that up and i love that it's so cool and even the other songs too are just excellent and i love them especially scarborough fair (laughs) (laughs) just shout out to scarborough fair (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, to dustin hoffman's character benjamin the whole film's like themes definitely revolve around him and there's like this angst Mm -hmm. about like this new generation which i still feel like applies today yeah and just like even from the beginning like he's like there's something like wrong like about my future Mm-hmm. And he never, like, explicitly says it, I don't think. But it just, you can just tell, like, he just doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. And yeah. it's just a problem that everyone faces. And just the way he captures that is so funny. <laughs> but is. at the same it's time, so it's funny. so sad. It's it, it's yeah. really, like, a heartbreaking film, but it's also so relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, back then, and especially now, uh, as a person who's about to turn 20 <laughs> in about two <laughs> days... <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah uh, having him like turn 21 and they're like your childhood's over son like oh, it's God. kind of like a slap in the face with this and it made it like really yeah. relatable and for a film that came out how long ago like 50 years now right yeah. that's crazy uh, yeah <laughs> 53 53 years i think wow it's 2020 we can do math wow yeah. i was so impressed Kinda. by that i was just like it's it's so relevant but Uh, I know I feel like it's one of those things that stay relevant for a really long time Mm -hmm. because there's going to be like a portion of people that don't have everything planned out and I feel like that's a lot of our generation actually too Mm -hmm. which is which makes it just so like relatable for everyone to watch even if they don't quite understand like the context Mm -hmm. or like they don't quite understand like the time period like it just it can happen at any time which is just great yeah Yeah. and And even like I think it's cool to see like where he comes from too because you never see where he went to school or anything and like Mm -hmm. how he changed from that or what he used to be like from that but you just like see what it's like for him to come back and like he just turns into this little mouse character that has like no opinion that's ever listened to or like anything (laughs) that that any words or any like (laughs) thoughts that seem like actually relevant to the people around him and it's just so interesting to see like how he feels that way and then he also just feels like he doesn't have a future at all like it feels so hopeless Mm -hmm. but they do it in such a comedic way that it's like really capturing 
to watch. And also, I feel like um, the movie, because it's, it's kind of coming from a different, like, generation. Because from, like, the 60s onwards, you could, like, argue that that's when, like, that was the act of, when rebellion was more, like, the type of way that you would <laughs> go about your life. And yeah. uh, going against what, like, your parents did was a very big thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, because from... Like, I would say from the 50s and then back into the past, it's very, it was always structured, you know, what you're about, like, what you're doing with your life. It was pretty standard. There wasn't a lot of, oh, you know, I don't, I have so many options. It was pretty much, there was, like, no options. And th- and then, like, in the 60s, there's so many things that he could do, and he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, yeah i found like I one of his cool. biggest problems was like a lack of drive you know he didn't mm-hmm. oh he yeah he didn't know what he wanted sure. to do drive mm-hmm. yeah what, what, what was the pun there i don't <laughs> I understand don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. no i just think film majors and then drive <laughs> oh okay yes oh is that your movie are you hinting at your movie no <gasps> okay i'm not doing that again i promise you <laughs> okay well you technically did it for the graduate even though it wasn't your movie you, you that's like, true snuck it in there I love oh, that. Me and I love that. Talked about it beforehand, mm-hmm. so I just slipped it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, back to like the generation thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely like hammered home in this movie because you don't see the only person you see at like Benjamin's age is like Elaine, right? That's the only person mm-hmm. his like age group you can really connect to, and everyone else is like his parents and his parents' friends. Like yeah. that first party scene, like when he comes back mm-hmm. from college or whatever. It, it just hammers home like that generational conflict and it continues throughout the film all the way to the end like when they're on the bus and everyone's looking at them it's all yeah. like old people on the bus and it's, it's yeah like, there's this tension between generations and like ideals and mm-hmm. what to do with your life and what not to do and that pressure that puts on younger people and i found mm-hmm. the movie really captured that so well and so effectively it, mm-hmm. it was i was yeah. so shocked by that i was really impressed mm-hmm. yeah i and love that also I- what's Oh, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead, no, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I was going to say what's really cool... Oh, the back-to-back handoff. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh. <laughs> we just respect each other's... Oh, what's really cool about so it... True. True. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that it captures multiple, like, types of, like, that emptiness and the lack of drive. Because you could also argue that Mrs. Robinson's character, she's empty. She doesn't have any fulfillment. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. She also has no drive. <laughs> And she's trying to figure out what she's going to do with her life because it's basically been thrown away. And she's just like, I guess I'll fill it with sex and, like, drug, uh, like, smoking and stuff. Like, that's really kind of what her character is doing. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. And also, um, Mr. Robinson, his relationship is empty because they just got married because she was pregnant. pregnant. So, like, that's an empty relationship. You could argue that, uh, like, I don't know. You could. I feel like you could argue that a lot of the characters do embody a different type of emptiness as well, which is interesting. Something that I've noticed over many watches because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> yeah. And what yeah, were you gonna say, Parvati? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Was I, was, I was gonna say like um, the whole general the whole generational gap brings back to like my point about how. Um, everyone around him doesn't seem to like validate or really care about what he has to say about things. Even if it's just like the smallest thing, like um, um, 
like all of the guests at his party and stuff like he would be speaking to them but then they would be speaking at him instead of like actually having a conversation with him and so that's just the start and it like establishes it for the rest of the film like that there's all of these older generation people who li like literally don't care what he has to say because they think that he, like what he says doesn't really matter and um i was noticing that as like a common theme for the entire thing too because the reason why in my mind the reason why mrs robinson like encapsulates him is one as a reason to kind of escape that because like he needs something to he needs something to keep him able to tolerate what's happening in his life and also mm -hmm. because she kind of almost like teases him in a way where she sort of listens but she sort of doesn't so in that way she's mm -hmm. able to like enter his world in a way that nobody else really is but then she's still able to take control because she has that generational gap with him too. And then the whole reason yeah. why Elaine's able to like enter his world more intimately is because she actually fully listens to him and that's why like he's able to completely feel comfortable with her in this world where literally nobody else listens to him too. And so that's why to me, uh, Mrs. Robinson's like, the significance of her in his life is because she's able to like play into both worlds and she can really take advantage of the fact that he's such a small like little mouse in this huge world of people that aren't like listening to anything he has to say basically mm -hmm. yeah one mm -hmm. of my favorite like lines it's it's i don't know it verbatim but he says something like uh his affair with mrs robinson gives him something to look forward to and i yeah. found that like really like i don't know captivating it just makes sense mm -hmm. for his character and it's like yeah he has nothing he's looking forward to he has nothing ahead of him and that's his fear but this affair gives him something to at least have like some kind of future in a way, even exactly. though obviously you can tell this is not gonna work out. <laughs> yeah. But um, just that <laughs> conflict there, just like it gives me something I want, but at the same time I know it's not gonna last very long. Was mm -hmm. a yeah. very like interesting conflict, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love how the movie just embodies that like empty feeling because you feel it. You feel it watching the. Uh, actors acting you feel it watching the way that they chose to film it like it just feels empty <laughs> some scenes most some there's other times where it's a little bit less but yeah I like that a lot <laughs> no, I think yeah. that oh go ahead no I have respect for you please <laughs> oh my god <laughs> take it away um I think a, a good way that they do that too actually by um showing like the emptiness and, and things of, of like him feeling really separate from the world around him too is like in the they have a lot of like pov shots that i actually forgot this movie has um and a lot of it so like some of it happens in the hotel and then also like one big part that is pretty memorable is when he's in the the scuba suit too yeah. and he's like watching everyone Ooh. else that you like yell at him <laughs> and his parents keep pushing him back into the pool and stuff so it's almost mm -hmm. like he's like drowning in this world where he feels like everything is just consuming him instead of him being able to live in it and also there's like this aquarium in his room too and mm -hmm. so when my professor when we watched this movie when um he was explaining it too he was saying like observe things around in his like in the production design too because this like aquarium represents kind of like his life as well and it's kind of like a foreshadowing of what's about to happen like mm -hmm. later on not only just like literally with the scuba suit but also just like as a whole metaphor for the entire film as well yeah for sure which is i love it there's so many small details that are just perfectly like sprinkled throughout all the film like i love the scuba suit like it's, he's in the 
left corner of the actual man, and then when they film it he's actually in the left corner too like the little scuba man it's just it's so cool i love it i love it so much oh my goodness yeah i want to talk about like what you said about the production design there's like this paradox Mm -hmm. of emptiness does that make sense because they're all very well-off people they're all very rich like Mm -hmm. yeah like she goes to berkeley and they have these beautiful houses (laughs) with like pools and whatnot but -hmm. at the same time everything does feel empty even though they're surrounded by all this stuff and it's like what yeah what kind of gives us happiness in our lives like even though they're so well off and they can pretty much buy whatever they want like he just goes up Mm -hmm. to san francisco and finds a place just to (laughs) stalk a girl (laughs) essentially they but they still they're just not happy and it it's like this paradox with their material like things and lack of happiness which drives the themes of the film about not having like happiness through your objects through your possessions Mm -hmm. and I found that really interesting that people are looking for more than just that because they already have it so Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really neat detail yeah and also like I've heard a lot of I've read a lot of uh like summaries and essays and stuff about the graduate and a lot of them talk about how there's a lot to do with consumerism like you were saying Mm. and a lot of uh people kind of take the film as Ben doesn't want to go down the same path as the parents and the people in his lives. He doesn't want to just fulfill his life with random things. He wanted to actually do something and to be different, but the people around him and his family are, like, pushing the the consumer's, like, idea onto him. Like, buying him the scuba suit and stuff Mm -hmm. and, like, pushing him into the pool and stuff like all of that. It's interesting. It's like he, they're pushing him into the pool. Yes, yeah, it's just a profound <laughs> sequence. It was like a forced baptism. I don't, I don't know <laughs> it, it was. was. Like, I know. And it was so uncomfortable. Like, just the way the camera, it's like yeah. you feel enclosed with the way it was shot. Yeah, it's very the claustrophobic. pushing into the pool. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's very, it's interesting. I like, I think that's so cool. And the 60s was a very big switch from, like, that's when a lot of uh, people weren't really into the whole just buying plastics which <laughs> plastics plastic favorite quote from the oh, movie oh <laughs> yes <laughs> you know i'm gonna say one word plastics <laughs> and he's like i don't know what you what you mean <laughs> yeah and then he walks away <laughs> how do you mean <laughs> how do you mean yeah. sir i know but it's interesting it's cool i love it but it's just great it's <laughs> um and i also feel like just the production design, not only for that emptiness, but for the other things. Like, oh my god. The first scene with Mrs. Robinson in the in their bar with the yeah. jungle behind her, but it's not a jungle. <laughs> but it kind of is because she's like a cougar hunting uh-huh. for her prey. And, and she only wears jungle. Yeah, her, her leopard skin. <laughs> it's so good. It's so awesome. well done. I, oh, I remember uh, I the first time someone pointed out the fact that it was all green behind there and with all the leaves and stuff. I didn't notice it for a while. And then mm-hmm. they were like, oh, yeah, because it's like a jungle because she's an animal hunting mm-hmm. for her prey. And I was like, <laughs> whoa! And it, it's cool, too, That's because so cool. I didn't I didn't notice this the first time either. But, um, like, when um, he's in the middle of his affair with her, too, like, he starts to, like, adapt her habits and things, so she starts, mm-hmm. he starts, like, smoking like she does, and also yeah. his room even starts to turn more, like, leafy and jungly and stuff, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Those, wow. like, her, like, seeping into his life. Exactly. Further. I know. It's so 
good. It's so well put together. Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so do you guys want to start moving into segments? Do you want to talk about our favorite scene in the movie? There's a lot to choose. Well, that's so hard. We could that literally so just go hard. through each scene in the movie and talk about why we like it. <laughs> I know. Exactly. But I'll, I, I, I guess okay. I'll... Oh, you can oh, go yeah, ahead no, if you, you have go. one right away. Okay. I have <laughs> You have a couple? You have two. I have two as well, but I'm leaning okay. more towards one now. <laughs> okay, I'll go my with first... mine first. <laughs> no, okay, you go you then. This. You go. Oh my god. We just did a triple pass back. What is this? Let's go, JJ, All right, fine, please. fine. The first scene, the first, like, seduction scene. Mrs. Robinson, you're mm. trying to seduce me. Yes, yes. <laughs> sets, sets the tone for the whole movie. It yeah. does. It's so fun. I didn't it's expect that fun. scene to be so early in the movie. But, mm. like, a mm -hmm. I was, like, so happy that it was, like, it just right away and it just jumps you right in. And it was like a constant attack on Benjamin and him just trying to deflect was... <laughs> everything was the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Robinson I was like shooting noises. lasers at him and he's just like, no, 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 no. Oh, I can't. What about your mm -hmm. husband? And like, oh my God. I, what? I'm I'll so sorry. Things on the... yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please and... forget I said that, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> So yeah. his delivery of the lines gets me every so single good. time. Like, it's mm -hmm. so, so funny. Good. I'm like, who talks He's so like good? This? Dustin Hoffman no, I... just nailed it. It's incredible. Yeah, he nailed his it, performance yes. is incredible in this. It's so good. <laughs> and like, I love his little noises that he makes. Yeah, like, yeah. where he goes, Because huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a little mouse. And he just doesn't know what to do. And it's hilarious. And exactly like the way he delivers his lines are just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so great i love that scene <laughs> yeah his performance really like comes together for me like when everything like culminates mm -hmm. in the scene where she likes completely naked and he's like oh god oh christ <laughs> yeah, and like his oh performance god. there i was dying it was so funny I know. but also the filmmaking too it would like quickly cut to her naked but it was like it was yeah. kind of like him taking a peek kind of yeah and it's like that's it his point of view <laughs> even though his eyes were like down there the whole time <laughs> but his performance was so funny at that part and that's when I was really enjoying the film. And it was like right yeah. off the bat. I'm like, oh, this is great. Because I thought this would be like Yay. a midpoint twist type of thing. Mm. Based off like nope. that line. I'm like, oh, yeah, but it's like right away. Like assume like yep. it's just like constant barrage. And he's trying to put up like this fake like politeness. Like, oh, I got to go. Like, oh, sorry. And But at the same time, she's just like wrapping him in her like vines and is like trying to bring him in it's really yeah scene. <laughs> i don't know it's so good i love that scene that i feel like that is one of the best scenes in it but there's so many good ones so it's kind of hard to pick <laughs> what's one of yours what was okay, one of the two I, you had well i i wrote about it in my letterboxed review but <laughs> oh i didn't read it oh, it's okay. I was, um i was waiting for this when podcast. he goes to berkeley when he goes to Berkeley and mm -hmm. especially the part where the camera does that insane zoom out from him sitting mm -hmm. on the fountain. I mm -hmm. also wrote in my review that Scarborough Fair is playing, which is my favorite Simon and Garfunkel song. So I can't <laughs> decide if the reason why it's my favorite is because I love that scene so much or because I love the song so much. But either way, that's like the scene that I watch on YouTube like multiple times because I just love it it's so cool and it has this insane like long 
shot of when he's just walking under the magnolia trees and then it's just so empty and then it's filled again i think it's cool i just love that i also love um when mrs robinson says goodbye to him because i think that's one of the coolest shots I love that shot. Oh, so whoa. Cool. the one where it's where it like a close out. up on her and then it just like. Yes. Zooms out. And then, it's, yeah, I love that shot. I think it's so cool. I love the zooming out that they do so much. I think that's what I love most about the cinematography in it. But I don't know. Yeah, the just, filmmaking those two shots in that. Are really cool. Yeah, yeah. The filmmaking in that rain scene, or the whole, like, Mm -hmm. when Elaine finds out about the whole affair, it's just, it blows me away. Like, the shot we were talking about last week with, like, the focus, I really said, oh, wow, when it happened. Because it was, was, like, perfectly timed. Because it's almost, like, it almost doesn't seem intentional. It's like the filmmakers Mm -hmm. are trying to catch up, but at the same time, it is her realizing. And then it cuts to that, the the hallway, and it's, like... It's so good. This, you I, could like, analyze that scene to death. Like, I feel like you could talk about just that one shot for so long. Like, <laughs> talking about what, what do you, what, that's like just shows what she's feeling in that moment, but then also does it. I don't know. Like, oh, it's so cool. Oh. It reminds, like the movie itself, like reminds me of Scott Pilgrim and how's like, it has this like millennial <laughs> angst to it. Yeah. It has like this like oh, angst okay, with yeah, these yeah. main characters about like, they don't know what to do with their life and they're kind of just like floating through life. But yeah. that oh, scene, that. the shot with the hallway, it reminded me of the yeah. like title sequence shot in Scott Pilgrim when the the living room oh, stretches. Yeah. It's like this forced yeah. perspective, but even though it's like way more digital, mm-hmm. but it, they kind of like practically did it in this film, and it was really well done. They did. And it yeah. Went into a close up of Dustin Hoffman's character's face. Mm-hmm. It was. It blew my mind. I was like, whoa, that I was. Know. That was so good. really very innovative filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Also, you yeah. know how you and said you were you really like the the super close zoom out of um, him yes. at the fountain. Um, I thought you were talking about the the one that impressed me a lot was when he was like on the bridge driving, and then they zoom out like so far. Oh yeah, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like the zooms; they're so cool. I love how they did it because that's really hard. Because, <laughs> yeah. and wow. Their camera must have been, like, so great. <laughs> Especially in, like, 1967. It. Exactly. It's really impressive, and it looks so cool. And it's unique, because it doesn't... You don't see that in movies a lot, mm-hmm. ever, honestly, really. I don't know. Besides what you were saying about Scott Pilgrim, I can't really think of another movie off the top of my head that does similar style. Yeah, it's it just, like, it's like French New Wave films, but for some reason it just yeah. works better for me. I don't know why. I guess it I'm does. Just, <laughs> I hate the French or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I'm going to get no cancelled over that by French Number people. Number 943 on controversial things, JJ has said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. the graduate just does. rich and famous, so we can ruin him. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there are so many, also, like, tropes like that. Like, the transitions. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many good transitions. Yes. yes. So <laughs> like, good. the scene you were talking about when he goes to Berkeley, like, one of my favorites was when he was sitting mm-hmm. on the fountain and it was, like, empty. Yes. And then it just cuts and, and there's, there's it, a bunch boom. of people. Yeah. A lot of people. Yes, I love that. I think it's so cool. And I mean, besides, like, that, I mean, one of the most iconic parts is the ending. Everyone, mm-hmm. that's what you see a lot. I think it's it is it's such a good ending. I love him screaming, Elaine, <laughs> and using the cross as a as a weapon. That's so oh, yeah. fun. I love it. I love it. It's such a hilarious ending scene. I love it so much. Hilarious and also 
know. sad because of the. Uh, it is sad. The, their faces at the end. It's just. I know. What a genius way just, just like, to like leave on that. I know. And it kind of like cuts into like everything. And it yeah. kind of fixes some of the flaws I had with the movie for its like final third. But I guess we'll we'll go into that later when we talk about did <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parvati, do you have like a favorite scene? Yeah, yeah, I think I think mine was definitely the the part when he's in the scuba suit actually, and it's like uh, like when the the POV starts too because I just feel like those that like period of silence is like one of the only times you get silence around those people that he's with too, and so in that way you're kind of able to like you're able to like kind of breathe and see what the like see the characterization of his parents and like the people around him and how they actually just see him as like a piece of like entertainment or just like they don't even see him as like a person even really because they don't value anything he has to say or like um yeah and so like i just feel like in that way you're able to like observe a lot of what's happening like around him too and just yeah just like i really enjoyed like the whole metaphor between him and like the the aquarium and stuff too and, and him just like existing in that kind of space too and also the um like at the point when he can't he can't hear what anyone's saying around him and stuff too it like recalls later in during the wedding scene when elaine can't hear what everyone's saying around her too and so like i just thought that was a really cool like arc to be able to see like these two people feel so alienated in the worlds that they already so like that there's a reason why they feel like they should be together too yeah that's why that one did it for me a good scene there's so many good scenes though it's so hard to pick like because i'm thinking of all of the scenes yeah, this movie I'll, is so quotable out. too i love it, so it. Cool. yeah I'll, I, we can do a favorite line segment right after this one. oh but, ooh, i'm ready <laughs> let, me, let me talk about part of these scene real quick i, yeah, I got I what you so i was like there was like a paradox there it's like you can understand like it's time to breathe but at the same time it's like he can't breathe because it's yeah, like yeah. so claustrophobic <laughs> But I get what you mean about the clarity. It really gives, like, insight to, like, everything when you can't hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But I just found it funny. It's like, he's struggling to breathe and the whole thing just feels claustrophobic. Yeah, but it's yeah, still a is. time for us <laughs> to reflect, which was really funny. But, um... um my Favorite oh. lines. <laughs> I still have one more scene I want to talk about. Okay, never mind. Sure. I, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of the scene where he tells his mom he's getting engaged and then she screams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just hearing that on repeat in my brain. And oh my god, did you blow your just, ears out? Ah! Your <laughs> she was like crazy. Anyways, what was the last but, no, but even that scene is a great scene, and it's just a quick oh, little yeah. scene. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to marry her, and it's like, oh, did you talk about it? Like, no, oh, so oh, I wrote like, down that little her? half baked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this whole idea sounds half baked, and he's like, oh no, it's completely baked. Completely baked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. It's so, it's, it's such a good scene. Oh. It's so funny. And then That's... the toast at the end? Yeah. It's completely, completely toast. Completely baked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Crazy. Okay. Do you think they like timed the scene perfectly to when they knew the toaster would be finished? Or did they have someone just there oh. ready to put the toaster? Because <laughs> I'd like to probably. think they timed it perfectly. Like you have Actually, a minute, 30 seconds to get through all your lines. Oh and god. then the toast will pop up. <laughs> Something I love about that scene is at the beginning, Benjamin is reading the cereal box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just reading the cereal box. And I think that just shows how empty he feels. <laughs> like, if that doesn't well, show no you... Well, no offense to anyone who reads cereal boxes. No, but, like, he's, <laughs> he's fulfilling his time by reading a cereal box. But also, we've all been there. No, 
<laughs> have we? I don't know. I've read cereal like I've read. They them. used to I've have like mazes on the back that I. Yeah, would... <laughs> those were fun. That was. They're that back was to fun. elementary school. I mean, now uh, I still elementary school. I was, yeah, I was gonna say. I, <laughs> I didn't have anyway, cereal this morning. Oh, I should have ate cereal this morning. Would have been, been fitting. Yeah. But anyways, my second scene. Mm-hmm. It's the entire hotel sequence. <laughs> Just from oh, yeah. the start of, like, his phone call until he, like, finally gives mm-hmm. in to the seduction. Oh, yep. So <laughs> he has this, like, suspicion with the hotel, like, their, yeah. whatever, concierge. <laughs> and it's just so, like, unlogical, like, unreasonable for him to have this suspicion. <laughs> Other but than, also... like, the guy will kick him out or, like, will recognize him, but he just, like, takes it to that 100. Doesn't... I know. I know. And the, the, the also, quote, like, I actually it... wrote down the quote that started that too, and he's like, are you here for an affair, sir? And he's like, no. What? No. <laughs> what? Affair? <laughs> I know. I, I have my toothbrush. Let me, let <laughs> yeah, me go get that. The whole, <laughs> the whole go luggage. Grab my Why would he say yes? Oh, it's well, like, no, okay. Oh, he's nervous. He's he No, I know. I completely understand all his character decisions. but Okay, I was viewer. like, you don't understand that. What? <laughs> Just everything. And he actually had his toothbrush in his pocket. He actually went back to get a toothbrush, which yeah, is really he funny did. to me. Because he had his toothbrush. <laughs> but that whole scene was just a farce of his character. And, like, Mrs. Robinson just, like, watching him go through it. It was just hilarious to watch. <laughs> Usually when a character so is, like, good. dumb or, like, embarrassed, it's hard for me to watch mm-hmm. that because it's, like, mm-hmm. cringy. But mm-hmm. the movie pulls it off where it's, like, really just funny to watch. And it's, like... It, yeah, and also it's less dumb, more anxious, and nervous. Yeah, and exactly. Like, it's mm-hmm. peak anxiety, but you don't feel it. It's not, like, anxiety cinema where they want you to feel it. <laughs> They're, they don't want you to feel it because they want you to make fun of them yeah. for feeling it. So it's cool. It, like, flips that idea, and I love it. It's so I think, cool. I think it's I mean... so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I think a main reason why it works that way too is because there's like so many normal people around him too. And Mrs. Yes. Robinson like drives so much of it too. Like just yeah. for being the the part where she like takes she it, she's like it. smoking and she takes in a puff and then he kisses her, but then she's just like waiting. I know, she can still <laughs> hold it in. So she can let it out. That's so That's good. so funny. <laughs> That scene just kept giving. Like, it didn't I stop know. until, like, it he did. finally, like, caved in. It's like, oh, are they gonna do it? Because then he, like, starts Inadequate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite moments is, like, can I get undressed? And he's like, sure. And then he just stands there and then crosses his arms to watch. I know. <laughs> and it's just his performance. This is so funny. Uh, so, and, like, it's so good. His, like, um, contrast with Mrs. Robinson is, like, so calm and collected about everything, like, especially with their interaction with the waiter at the bar, where he can't even mm-hmm. get the waiter to, like, <laughs> see him, and then she just says, waiter, and then he's, like, right there. I know. Great. <laughs> and, yeah. like, that scene's also, like, right at the beginning. It's just, like, it's hitting you yeah. with these banger scenes it right is. from the start. It is. It's so good. I know. It's so good. I, I remember, um, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of, like, awkward. I was talking about to a film professor a while ago and he was saying how basically the movie is like there's anxiety cinema and then there's like action cinema but this is awkward cinema (laughs) (laughs) and i love that because i think it's so true because it's it it is the embodiment of awkwardness especially with benjamin because he is just getting by Trying his best, but also not trying at all, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's good. Yeah. It's okay. All cool. Good. 
So we're uh, let's talk about our favorite lines since you guys were super excited about this one. <laughs> Apparently, Emma's favorite line is just an exclamation. The mom yelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh God. we're gonna get engaged. Because <laughs> it goes from monotone and then she's screaming and you just it's it's not my favorite line but I it's just one of those moments that gets me every time because I forget every time how loud she screams she's incredible yeah it's a great it's like character moment for the mom who's a very like, sad mm-hmm. character but it's just like a like a burst of personality and what like her parents <laughs> his parents want for him it's just it's just a great yeah. moment in general yeah. It is so good. I know. So. So does anyone lines. have an actual have, line? <laughs> I already gave I liked, all my um, that I liked. Oh, I, Wait, s- I still got one. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, I like when he goes, Oh no, Mrs. Robinson, I find you very desirable. I think <laughs> you're the most desirable of all my parents' friends. <laughs> He's just so awkward. <laughs> Oh my God. Out of all my parents' friends, you're definitely the hottest. Just like, like this. I love that line so just weird. keeps on giving. Oh God! I know it does. It's, so it's like he digs deeper holes for himself in his language. He does. Like, <laughs> he does. Just the way he, he keeps really talking. does. I know it's so funny. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Any other lines you got? <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just like anything Hoffman says is gold. Honestly, it's cool, true. Agreed. <laughs> like anything about his toothbrush was great with the waiter. <laughs> the affair line, yeah, that was a great line. Oh too. yeah, are you here for an are affair? Are you here for an affair, sir? <laughs> I know but... that's just. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's it's great. Anything he says is my favorite line. Oh, you know which I part I like is when he's in the hotel and he calls Mrs. Robinson, and then she's like. Is there anything you have to say to me? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but now it's like, like, oh, you gotta say oh, the yeah, number. Oh, yeah, I just really appreciate you, friends. And she's like, the room number. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. You're so great. No, the room number. The the, the room number, please? The number? Uh, stop talking. <laughs> also, like, oh, you know, Mrs. Swanson, let's go and see a movie, you know? It's <laughs> great. It's so silly. It's so oh. great. It's so fun. Yeah. When he when he talked about like wanting to see a movie, they got me kind of sad though. It was like Aww. one of those like catcher in the rye type of like purchase a prostitute, movie, but just to talk to them. <laughs> type I of watched deal. this. I watched this movie in my English class because we read Catcher in the Rye, and oh, oh wow. this movie okay. is considered this movie is considered the closest to Catcher in the Rye that you can get because J D. Salinger does not want anyone making the adaptations <laughs> of his book because he's literally against it in the book itself but um it's like i would that sounds like prime hollywood adaptation to me exactly. <laughs> the guy who doesn't want their source material ad- adapted boom right there mm-hmm. that's a movie yeah. <laughs> but yeah no Absolutely and like brilliant. there's a lot of similarities i mean the story itself the themes are almost exactly the same mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's interesting. I don't know, and there's the whole, uh, I don't think it's as touched upon as it is in Catcher in the Rye, but Loss of Innocence is definitely, I would say, touched oh, yeah. upon in this. For sure. <laughs> like, right off the bat. It's <laughs> it's much later on in Catcher in the Rye. It's like the last chunk, but it's interesting. I think it's really cool. I love that I watched it in my English class, and it made sense. Now I don't remember a lot of the things we talked about when we watched it but it i it makes sense it's interesting yeah and that yeah. emptiness 
No, it speaks to the movie, though, like, all its, like, themes and how profound it is. You can relate it to different types of art and literature mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, crisis of the times and now. It's it's yeah. so much. There is a lot of, like, depth to the film, even though it is, on the surface, like, a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, that scene when um he says to Mrs. Robinson, can we at least talk before we jump into bed together and mm-hmm. then she starts talking about how she she doesn't know anything about oh yeah it, she reveals that she was an art major too mm-hmm. i just thought that was really interesting she's empty she has nothing now that's so sad <laughs> i feel bad for mrs robinson <laughs> yeah there is like all a, the characters yeah all the characters <laughs> go through it you know who goes through it the guy who owns the little like apartment that benjamin stays oh at, oh yeah hates Man. agitators Dang. <laughs> He's just trying to keep his place together. But <laughs> you got this guy running up and down your stairs. Asking oh, yeah. He did. And he's like, I want you out. And he was like, why? I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite oh, line right there, dude. <laughs> that is, it's a great one. It's so good. There's so many great lines in it. Oh, I have, okay, I have another line, actually. You know how Mr. Robinson always, he always asks him what drink he wants. And he's like, oh, what perfect. do you think? <laughs> says bourbon and then he pours some scotch and then when he's back in his house i think to pick up a lane for their date or something um he says scotch is still you drinking he's like no bourbon he pours some scotch still (laughs) that sucks i wonder if benjamin will ever get his bourbon i I just hope he one day will (laughs) no i honestly think he will it's kind of like them setting free from everybody at the end yeah. Maybe not yeah. a bunch of old was... people on the bus. Oh, what does the film mean? It's Ooh. so profound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's cool. I love it. You can make your own meaning. Whatever Actually, you want yeah, it to be. You, that's what, what it meant. What do you guys have, like, what meanings did you guys create about the end? I feel like about there's an optimistic the view or there's a pessimistic view. Mm-hmm. Like a somewhat optimistic. Not super optimistic, but like close to being optimism. Like, I think you could view the them on the bus like being concerned and like thinking oh wow <laughs> i just did that that's interesting <laughs> wow edgy but i mean it's not like technically bad like uh, they're not technically regretting what they've done but they're still like just letting it sink in but then also i feel like most people just see that as oh god what did we just do no <laughs> backspace backspace <laughs> abort mission uh i guess i'm definitely in the pessimistic crowd but it kind of makes the movie better for me if i see it in a pessimistic view Mm. like can we go into nitpicks and like things you didn't like about the movie sure do you guys have any or am i the only one who has a thing i don't like about the movie i don't think i have any i'm not i don't have specifics but i know that i have some so maybe if you talk i'll like remember Okay, my biggest problem with the final third of the movie is, like, I don't really buy the relationship with Ben and Elaine. It feels, like, shallow to me, which it makes sense because he's, like, looking for something to, like, like, a love that he can attach himself to. So I'm okay with, like, Ben, like, going after this girl, but I don't like her reciprocating this love, even though it's just, it's, because I know she's also empty, (laughs) but just the way he acts and, like, he ends up with the girl at the end just kind of like mm-hmm. it's like off-putting to me because he like stalks her and he like literally yeah. beats the bus to the next stop which yeah. is something i've done before which is really fun when you have to wait <laughs> for another stop. <laughs> but um yeah so i didn't really buy into their relationship especially like him like wanting to marry her right away it was kind mm-hmm. of like oh and it's kind of when i didn't like his character as much 
it's when the angst like mm. really got to him but seeing the ending in a pessimistic view kind of helps this for me because if i see the relationship like not working out it kind of buys into the relationship not working for me for this last third if that makes any mm. sense because mm. like their relationship they've had one like one good date right and then he like mm-hmm. begs her to come back with him and yeah just having the ending where they're both like just like their faces kind of just like die down it's like oh i don't think we really thought this through i don't know if it's gonna work out for us so that kind of like final note for the film for me kind of fixes that last nitpick mm-hmm. for me but that was just something i had a problem with with the final part of the movie yeah i actually I also I see that you could like I was trying I was gonna try and play devil's advocate here because I have like yeah I don't know no there's Can definitely I- points to be made against this and it's it's just yeah because like I think thing. the way that it's kind of set up is uh Elaine and Benjamin are the first two people that like for them it's the first person that they have met that actually understands them and it's the first person that they have a connection with because, like, throughout the movie, with that other guy that she's with, who she yeah, Carl. Is, I don't Carl. Wow, what a name! What a the memory. Frat he's boy. a frat boy. <laughs> yeah. He goes to the frat. And he's like, where is where where he at? There's no cl- there's no connection there. There's Where's like no the there's thing? nothing. It's basically a forced marriage because yeah, Mrs. essentially Robinson a forced marriage. Yep. Wants her to marry him. So, she, I think, in Elaine's defense. She kind of sees Benjamin as, okay, well, I don't want to marry Carl, although too late, haha. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but Benjamin was the first person that she had actually gone on a date with and went, oh, this has potential. <laughs> and so she, like, went after that, and she was putting uh, what her parents wanted behind her, kind of like what Benjamin also did. So I could see that being... I understand their relationship and I understand her going away with him, but also I don't think anyone would be okay with knowing that someone had an affair with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, I, that's it's one, okay. thing that, one thing that bothered me though, um, like going back to JJ's point, so I, I do agree with Emma's point though, that makes sense, but like mm-hmm. one thing that I didn't like was like she had this idea that he had raped her mom. That, but then he yeah, just says, no, I didn't. And then she believes him. Like, who are you going to believe in that situation <laughs> realistically? I don't know. That, like, that but was But also, really... I feel like... So... I feel like it was established that Mrs. Robinson was kind of a manipulative mother. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like she would be like, oh, wow, that sounds like my mom. Huh. Cool. <laughs> oh, no. But like... she, she, she doesn't really let him tell a story because that's when she screams and everyone's at his door and he's... <laughs> Like, call the cops. Yeah, that's true. I think <laughs> I feel like you can assume that he explains what happens later on, or maybe not, because that's really awkward. I wouldn't explain it. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know. No, okay, back to like one of the the transition scene, where, like or the hotel scene when everything's dark and he's with Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, and he's like, "Why don't you want to talk about Elaine?" It's like they're about to have sex. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, he, and he wants to talk about her daughter, and he's like, "Why don't oh, you want to talk about this?" Like, what? <laughs> Obviously, what's wrong with this? What's I wrong know. with this? I don't understand. I don't see anything wrong with talking about your daughter. <laughs> Especially I it's, now. So I can understand why people find that weird. Because I also don't think that if I were in Elaine's position, I would consider dating 
Benjamin or running away with no, him. No, okay, I can buy Definitely it because not. they are the only people they have a connection with. That's true, mm-hmm. exactly. But in terms of their actual relationship, I feel like if there's any depth there, it has to be inferred because, like, they knew each other in, like, high school, I think. But, yeah. like, then from the date on, it's like we don't really hear what they talk about too much other than when they're in the car and leaving the hotel. And I found right. that the, the mm-hmm. closest moment of connection for me. But even later in the movie, he's, like, begging her to get married, and he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But I think that's, maybe that's... But she's smiling, though, because she does know. She's like, oh, (laughs) no, I wish I could. I wish I could get married to you. And then then later on, when she's at the wedding, she's like, well, actually, yeah, I can. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to take action. Pass me across. I'm going to whack some people. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually buy her, like, going away with him at that moment, because it's, like, a Mm -hmm. moment of, like... I don't know, like, yeah. passion and, like, emotion that she wants to go mm-hmm. with. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think that's what I view the scene on the bus as. Not, like, I mean, I feel like in a certain world, they probably could stay together, and I would believe it. Because they're kind of on the bus, they're realizing, wow, <laughs> we just I, did I feel that. like they could stay together, but it, they'd be unhappy and they'd be, like, their parents <laughs> type. I don't know, life. I feel like... I don't know. To be honest, I kind of feel like this is kind of a thing that they both would have wanted. Because, like, yeah, that that moment that you see afterwards, like, them realizing it's going to be a lot more difficult than they expected it to be to just be together. Mm -hmm. But, like, I kind of see it as, like, if both of them are the only people in, like, their whole environments that actually, like, felt that they could understand each other, then, like, I think it has potential for it to be, like, yes, it's going to be more difficult, but it's still going to work because we're with the people that we want to be with, finally. Versus, like, the other people. And they're people both in the same everything. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they're both running away from the world that was paved for them and, like, what their parents wanted them and then what they want. So, I mm-hmm. feel like... And you can bond with people going through the same thing as you are. I mean, oh, yeah, obviously not the same because Elaine didn't sleep with Benjamin's father, as okay. far as I know. <laughs> <Bye>. But... <laughs> Maybe that's the sequel. No, I'm joking. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> the Graduate yeah. 2. Graduate School. Ooh. Ooh. Graduate School. Back to school. Oh, my God. No, but, yeah. um, yeah, I feel like the relationship might work better for me on a rewatch, but I just didn't buy it mm-hmm. now. But I can see that in terms of Elaine's hesitance, it can be seen as, like, her parents, like, still holding her back in a way. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Ra- like, that just relationship just didn't buy it like i didn't buy it as much as i wanted to but i think for that's me it would have the helped. latter half of the film i'm sorry yeah, that's i think for me like that part of the relationship thing would have worked better if they had given more time to like redeveloping it just a little bit yeah like the movie is pretty short i could have used more like more i kind of like how they didn't redevelop it i think it makes it more interesting and it leaves it more open-ended mm. wait, wait what do you mean by redevelop like where would this redevelopment like happen reestablish reestablish some kind of trust when he's in kind of sorry wait what <laughs> sorry I said, I, I said like i said like reestablish um some kind of trust when he's in berkeley or something like somewhere in between yeah mm-hmm. because it just feels like suddenly she's on board and then suddenly she's like oh no jk i can't because my parents so it just feels mm-hmm. like she's really like on and off and i feel like i don't trust elaine in those moments just because it feels very like unpredictable at those parts, which I guess helps to drive the movie, but I just felt like I didn't feel a connection with Elaine to, like, the commitment of wanting to be with him in that moment, too. Like, it just, I needed to reestablish the connection to me because I did see that they were so well-connected, and I felt like it got severed by the fact that she, like, found out that he was sleeping with her mom. 
And then like, I felt like it just needed a little bit more of a push or something to reestablish that they are meant for each other. Low key, you know? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Cause even if she realizes he didn't actually rape <laughs> her mom, yeah. they still, he still slept with her mom. So yeah, that's I weird. feel like there needs to be more of like, how do you get over something like that? I know. That's crazy. I know. But, I feel like, I don't know, if there was that time, I feel it would ruin part of the movie. I think it wouldn't be as interesting as it is. I know, that's why the ending it fixes it. Because it, the ending's yeah. more open-ended to me because of that lack of Exactly, because they, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. I love it. Because they're like, oh my god, <laughs> what? <laughs> What did we just do? Oh my god. Oh my god. And they're just feeling that, like, complete stress and that, like, stomach dropping feeling. Yeah. Of, and that dread. <laughs> you can see all of it. They're so great at, like, mm-hmm. shit portraying their emotions. It's so good. Mm-hmm. No, it's kind and of like a return the of, of the problems from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he starts to like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my future, and it ends with, exactly. I don't exactly. know what I'm going to do with my future. <laughs> Yeah, like the consistency of uncertainty. It's kind of heartbreaking, though, if you really think about it. Consistency of uncertainty. (laughs) Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Say it one more time. Oh, my goodness. Consistency (laughs) of uncertainty. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of, like, heartbreaking to realize that, though, because it's like he spent all this time looking for something that would really (laughs) give him fulfillment in that uncertainty. Like, I have a person that I can now dedicate my life to. But he's still so unsure about it because he did it without, like, the support of the people around him already. Yeah. And so it's, mm-hmm. like, it's it's kind of him sacrificing what he had before to have something new that could possibly have fulfilled him. But now he doesn't even know if that's going to be worth it, too. And it's just so sad because it makes me think about, like, just people in general who, like, search their whole life for, like, some sort of meaning with what they do or, like... Some kind of fulfillment that way, and just like the constant search, and how sometimes people just never get it. True, it's interesting. That is very true. I f- I love it. I love how the movie ends on such a sad note, <laughs> but it <laughs> it starts and ends on the same feeling, mm-hmm. and I love that. The same song. I think that's so cool. Sounds of silence. Same song, <laughs> same feeling. It's perfect. It's framed so well. Yeah. 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 Also, oh, just a little fun fact. In the beginning, he comes in through LAX. And I was at LAX, like, last yeah. summer. And I saw, like, the part that he comes up at. And I was like, oh, the graduate. <laughs> and no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Sad. How dare they not know what you're talking about? I love I the graduate. As um, you can tell. I love it very I know. <laughs> I know this is a reference to the graduate. But the part when he's on the the walkalator. You know, the, the thing that moves The walkalator? That's what I call Excuse it. The walkalator. Me? You don't escalate, okay. it helps you walk. It's a walkalator. Mm-hmm. But okay. his part on, on that, the walkalator, it remind, it always reminds me of the Geico commercial with the caveman. Oh. <laughs> I know that's exactly oh, what God. that commercial is referencing. It is, yeah. That, but, yeah. I know. That's, wow. <laughs> There's so many references to The Graduate in so and, many different mm-hmm. things. Like, and especially the so. ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also... Uh, I love Simon and Garfunkel. Just thought I should bring that back up because I ah. love Simon and Garfunkel. Really? That's it. Oh. I just, just want to... <laughs> okay, so favorite performance. I think we all have one. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yes. It's it, it, Dustin Hoffman. It's Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so did, did Dustin Hoffman win an Oscar for this? No, it only won one Oscar, I think, just for Best what? Directing. Oh, what? really? I thought it won yeah. Best Picture. <laughs> did no. it not? 
I don't no. think so. Wait, let me see. I must Wait, have what? read the wrong thing. We're all just like searching something up and people who already know are like, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, oh, I know yeah, it definitely only won best directed. Directed. It only won That's best crazy. Director. It did, I told you. It got uh, nominated for seven, which I knew, but it only won best director, which I think is horrible. But also, I don't know what other ones Last were nominated. Um, so. Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> was nominated for best picture, but it did not um, win. In the Heat of the Night won best picture. Have not seen... But I can seen... assure you, I like The Graduate more. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Future Emma, who's seen In the Heat of the Night, and it's like her favorite movie, is like, oh, why would it's you not... say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Future Emma, no. <laughs> but Dustin Hoffman was nominated, right? Yeah, he was no. nominated. Yeah, he was. He should have won. I don't know who was Oh, wait, who won? <laughs> I bet. Okay, the, the guy in, in the Heat of the Night won. So. <laughs> <laughs> he did? Ah, <laughs> dude well, the, the, wait this nomination list is crazy so you got warren Beatty for bonnie and clyde Whoa. the same year and yeah. paul newman and cool hand luke Ooh. interesting wow okay it was a good year oh, see cool the 60s cinema man i'm telling you it was yeah, so no, this good. is 67 <laughs> so yeah this is like new hollywood so this is when things started yes. changing the death mm-hmm. of the studio system yeah goodbye studios Ha, that's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Dustin Hoffman just, he nails it. He's so he good. It. He's, mm-hmm. there's nothing bad about his performance. It's just so good. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. and that's rare. There's probably times where you could see a really great actor and like kind of nitpick certain aspects, but I don't think there's any moments in this movie that <laughs> I, I can don't nitpick think his nails. character later because I didn't like his character, but that's due to but the that's writing, his not his. Ca- yeah, that's due to the writing and not his performance because his performance yeah. still at those parts were amazing, and mm-hmm. his it's a really fantastic performance. It like embodies anxiety for me. <laughs> he does in a lot of anxiety, parts. awkwardness, being a uh, very socially awkward. <laughs> yes. It's 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 done so well that I like I like slightly just feel the secondhand like embarrassment. I'm like stop stop. But it doesn't it doesn't give you the secondhand embarrassment though, which is such a it doesn't because I hate secondhand embarrassment. I think yeah, it's not in the way that normally. It's kind of more in like a relatable secondhand embarrassment Mm, mm -hmm. because like there's when he's holding the door open for people and they just keep coming through. (laughs) Like, that's something that you can watch and go, oh, I've been there. I've done that. Mm-hmm. And that's awkward, and you feel a little bit of it, but it's not bad. It's more of like, aha, been there. That sucks. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know. It's interesting. It's cool. Oh, I love just, it. That just reminded me of that scene where he's, like, trying to he's like trying to make, make it seem like he's actually, like, do something up the show, <laughs> and he goes into the room, and they're all like, oh, Mr. Braniff, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Just that whole thing was so funny. It's so good. It's brilliant. It's so good. That whole that hotel scene. It keeps giving. I'm telling you. It starts. And it, it does gives a it little really bit, does. and then it keeps on piling it up. <laughs> and then it's, an ama- it's like a short film. Like, yeah, literally it that really scene is. is a short film. It is. It's so good. I'm glad that you guys like it so much because I. Love yeah, it. thank you for the recommendation. I really enjoyed it. I'm happy. No worries. I can now log it off on my watch yes things. exactly yeah. you're welcome haha <laughs> one of my favorite movies it's also i watch it so much i've mentioned it before mm, this is definitely something i would rewatch. movie 
Yeah, like, you just throw it on, and you can, like, just chill. It's great. It's just such a memeable movie. I love it. (laughs) True. (laughs) But I don't want it to be... Movies that are, like, too memeable are just, like, hard for me to watch. Yeah, it's not memeable, though. (laughs) It's not memeable. It's, like... I don't know what the word I guess is. It's like very tongue in cheek, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyways, Sorry, excuse yeah. me. Anyways, part of me. <laughs> yes. What are we watching for this week? For this week, we're gonna be watching Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, another San Francisco movie. Yes, and <laughs> I just thought oh, I was thinking about movies that, like I watched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about movies that I've watched. <laughs> she didn't and realize I'm... this was San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like movies that I've seen and that just like struck me really hard but after watching it and just like things that like really make me think afterwards and that's this is like one of them. And also I feel like I just have so much to say about it. So Yeah. <laughs> and it's available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yes, Prime. it is. Yep. Cool. So Solid. that wraps up another episode. It was a good Ooh. one. Thank you. Good um, shout out Craig, even though he kind of faltered a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, right. thanks for listening and see y'all next week. Bye. Bye, Bye Craig. <laughs>